Welcome to the Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from the Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, today is a day in which we celebrate probably the most significant event in all of Christendom, and that's Easter. In fact, folks, do you realize if there was no Easter, if there was no resurrection from the dead for Jesus Christ, we wouldn't be here today. There wouldn't be any churches or any kind of Christian faith. There wouldn't be a Christmas. Because really the reality is is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is by far the most important event in all of Christendom, in all of your Christian faith, in all of our churches. It's that important. Now, though, but when we gather today, though, a lot of you are here, maybe this is your first time once a year you're coming, and we're glad you're here, we're glad you came with whoever you're visiting with. The reality is is that in our world today, when you talk about something that happened 2,000 years ago, something that is, shall we say, beyond comprehension, someone raising up from the dead, it's only natural that you might feel some skepticism. It's only natural that you might actually doubt or question. In fact, it's only natural that you might say something like this. Well, how's that any different than the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus or any other mythology that you have studied at some point in your life? And so we're going to talk today about being skeptical about Easter. We're going to talk today about the whole issue of whether or not it really took place. And how do we deal with it? And the reality of this issue of Easter. We're going to talk about skepticism. Because I want you to understand something. Skepticism and the issue of skepticism is not something that the Bible does not address. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you. If you read through the Gospels, here's something that you're going to realize. That the disciples themselves were skeptical. In fact, Luke tells us in his book, The Acts of the Holy Spirit, that when Jesus ascended, they're watching him ascend to heaven. It very clearly says that some of the disciples were still having a hard time believing. Isn't that interesting? So what we're going to look at today is the whole issue of being skeptical about Easter. So we're going to notice that in chapter 20, verse 24 through 29, we're going to look at someone who expresses skepticism, one of the ones who was close to Jesus, a man by the name of Thomas. So I want you to notice with me verse 24. We're just going to look at these six verses And then I want you to see the things that God would have you to see this day, this Easter morning. 
Now Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of his nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days his disciples were again inside, and Thomas being with them, and Jesus came, and the doors being shut, stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here. Look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to divide these verses into three sections. We're going to look at each one of the sections here this morning. We're going to first of all look at skepticism. Then we're going to look at a personal visit. And then we're going to see the blessing. But first of all, skepticism. Thomas expresses what really is really in the hearts of a lot of people today when you talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Unless I see it, I'm not going to believe it. So I want you to notice a couple things here about Thomas that I think a lot of us here can relate to. Number one, he was not moved by the enthusiasm of others. He was not moved by the enthusiasm of others. So here's what happens. On that Easter morning, on that Easter day, Jesus appears to some of the disciples. That's discussed in a few verses before verse 24, except for the fact that Thomas wasn't there. Thomas is not there, but Jesus appears to them. So they're excited. First of all, you've got to understand what's going on here. I mean, I think Rhonda's saying it very well in her song. They're fearful. They're afraid the authorities are coming after them. They're in a room. The doors are shut. And Jesus appears right into their midst. And they see him and they touch him. And they're excited about him. So here comes Thomas. He's not there. He shows up later. And guess what? They're telling him about what's going on. In fact, it's interesting. It's not shown forth in our English translation. But the Greek translation brings it out very significantly. The tense of the verb that they're using about telling means is they kept on telling. They were so excited about Jesus, they kept telling him that Jesus was here. So they're pretty enthusiastic. But I want you to notice with me, look at verse 24 and 25. He's not moved by their enthusiasm. He's not, he's not, their excitement about Jesus doesn't move him. Notice what he says there. Now Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when they came. And the other disciples therefore said, or kept on saying to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see 
his hands in his hands the print of nails and put my finger into the print of nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. He's not moved by their enthusiasm. Folks, don't you know that even today? Some of you who are believers in Jesus Christ, you share with others about the risen Savior, and guess what? You're excited. Maybe you've just seen God answer some sort of amazing prayer that you've been uttering. God working out some situation, and you're like telling everybody about Jesus, and they're like, big deal. What's he done for me? They're not moved by the enthusiasm of others. That's what we're seeing here with Thomas. And here's what he's doing. Number two, he demands first-hand experience. He demands first-hand experience. He's not going to accept what they're saying. He's like, you know what? Unless I see him. And here's the thing. He's not even saying seeing. He says, unless I touch him. Unless I experience the reality of him. Unless I really know it's him because I see in his hands the print of the nails. Unless I see in his side where the spear was thrust. I'm not believing. You guys can get all excited as you want. But unless I see it, doesn't mean anything to me. Folks, that is so true today. I mean, you think about it for a moment. You might be even here today, right now, with us, celebrating Easter because it's the family thing to do. And you're here today, and here's the reality. You know what? Junk is happening in your life. Things aren't going well. If it could get worse, seems to for you. And all your friends or family are all excited about Jesus. And if you just trust Jesus, everything's going to be okay. And look at what God has done for them. And it's like God's not doing anything for you. And the reality is, is you're just plain skeptical. And they're like, you've got to believe. you just got to trust. And in your heart, you're saying, well, yeah, when I see him do something, then I'll trust. Then I'll believe. If I see him, then maybe I'll consider it. You know know what I'm talking about? Do you understand? I mean, those are very real feelings. I've been there before, folks. Because I haven't been a believer all of my life. Those are very real feelings. Now, here's what happens. Those of us who know Jesus, we get offended by that. What do you mean? We don't need to get offended by it because notice something here. The Bible doesn't get offended at Thomas. In fact, later on when Jesus does show up, Jesus doesn't say, hey, what's the matter with you? In fact, we don't see that at all. In fact, we actually see the exact opposite. So if you're here today and you're skeptical, you're wrestling with doubts, and you're really wondering, you know, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't done anything for me lately. It's okay. It's okay. 
But I want you to notice the passage doesn't just end there. It goes on verse 26 through verse 28 and talks about a personal visit. That's the next section we're going to look at here. A personal visit. Because I want you to notice something. It's very interesting. Now, notice something. It's not immediate, because notice what verse 26, after eight days. So it's about one Sunday on the Monday. So it's like two Mondays later. His disciples were again inside, and Thomas this time is with them. And Jesus came, the doors being shut, stood in their midst and said, Peace to you. Now, I can understand why he's saying that. If somebody just all of a sudden the doors are shut, the windows are barred, somebody just all of a sudden appears in the room with you, peace needs to be uttered, doesn't it? I mean, literally the meaning is, don't be scared. And notice what happens here. Then, he said he spoke to somebody. Look at what verse 27 says. He said to Thomas, Reach your finger here. You know what, folks? Here's the reality. Here's what I want you to see. This is a personal visit. The first point I want you to see is this. Jesus specifically visits for the sake of Thomas. Jesus specifically visits for the sake of Thomas. I mean, think about that. Jesus isn't blowing him off. Jesus isn't upset with him because he's doubting. Jesus isn't doing that because he's skeptical or whether. Jesus, though, goes the extra mile and he shows up specifically so that Thomas can see. That's an awesome thought. I mean, Jesus cares that much about Thomas, even though he's skeptical. And listen, folks, it's interesting to me. It's eight days later. So, I mean, here they are. They're all excited about seeing Jesus. And they're all talking, we saw Jesus, we saw Jesus. Wow, we saw Jesus. Eight days later, I mean, it's like a broken record, I'm sure, because Jesus hasn't showed back up yet. And then all of a sudden, they're in a room. And in the midst of the room, Jesus shows up. And the first thing he says is he looks to Thomas and he says, reach your finger here. That's an awesome thought. He cared that much for him. He cared that much for him. In fact, what Jesus is doing here, if you look at that verse, look with me at verse 27. Reach your finger here and look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side do not be unbelieving, but believing. Here's what Jesus is doing. Jesus presents a choice, faith or unbelief. Jesus presents a choice, faith or unbelief. It's like, okay, come on, Thomas, here I am. You wanted to see me. Well, here's the choice. You either believe or don't believe. Put your hands out here, Thomas. Feel my side. Look at my hands and touch them. He's given him a choice. 
He's giving him a choice where he's got to make a decision. He's got to make a decision, folks. And this is where it is. And for all of us, we've got to come down to one of two places. There's no in, in between. There's no middle ground. You either believe, that is, you either have faith. He is who he is. He is alive. Or you don't believe. Faith or unbelief. Faith or unbelief. In fact, here's what's going on here. Because Jesus is actually doing something more here. I want you to see, he's not just calling him to faith or unbelief. Jesus calls him to a personal commitment. Jesus is calling him to a personal commitment. Look exactly what he's saying there. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. He's saying specifically to him, you quit not believing, Thomas. You believe. I'm calling you to a personal commitment. And notice how Thomas responds. Look at verse 28. And Thomas answered and said, because he got it, he grasped it, my Lord and my God. He truly understood. He started having faith and he made a personal commitment here to his Lord and his God. You want to know, you want to know how, how history tells us, church history tells us that you want to know how significant that event was for him? Thomas would later go and die for Jesus. He would suffer a martyr's death for Jesus. That's how significant it was for him. Yes, he was skeptical at the moment. But what? He turned around and believed. So much so that later on he would go and die. And it's all because of a personal visit. All because of a personal visit. But I want you to notice verse 29 doesn't just stop there. Jesus goes on and continues to speak. Notice with me, verse 29, we're going to see the blessing. He said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Couple things I want you to see here. First of all, Thomas has, excuse me, Jesus has you and I in mind. Jesus has you and I in mind. First of all, he says to Thomas, Look, Thomas, because you believe me, you believe. But there are going to be a whole bunch of folks later, Thomas. And they're not going to see me. But they're going to believe. They're going to have faith. They're going to put their trust in me. And blessed are those who believe without seeing. What's he saying there? He's talking about us, folks. Jesus, right there, even in his discussion with Thomas, is thinking about you and I way later on. Isn't that an awesome thought? Because Jesus isn't just thinking about them. And sometimes we have that thought about Jesus that, oh, Jesus got everything else going on in the world. Jesus got all, he, he got no time for me, folks. He's thinking about us later. It's right there in the gospel. And this is what he's saying. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. Blessed are those. Happy are you. Blessed are you. Because you believe. You have faith in Jesus without seeing him physically. That's a blessing. 
You say, okay, George, I see it. I grasp it. I, I don't know. Still wrestling with it. How do we, how do we apply this to our lives? How do we, how do we bring some closure to this whole discussion here this e- this, this morning as we consider Easter and the ramifications for ourselves? I got three things I want you to think about today. And here's how we're going to close. First one's a question. Are you skeptical? Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands with that question. I just want you to think about it. You may have even gone to church for a long, long time. You may have been raised in church. You may be here Sunday after Sunday or somewhere Sunday after Sunday. But I mean, if you were just flat out honest with yourself, because I, let's, be, let's be just honest with each other right now for a moment, because you know what? In church, you can't be skeptical because people look at you like there's something wrong with you in church. Like, you, you've got to believe. And we, we actually ostracize those who are skeptical. So there would be a hesitancy for any of us to ever admit that we have some sort of doubt that we're skeptical in any, any way. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? So I'm not going to ask you to express your skepticism out loud. But I want you to express it internally and answer the question. The question, my folks, that I, friends, that I want you to deal with here today is to answer the question, are you skeptical? I mean, you're not moved by the enthusiasm of others. Maybe you've got somebody in your life that every time they talk to you, they, all they talk about is Jesus. And actually, to be, re- to be honest, you get sick of it after a while. It's like they're the last person you want to talk to at a family gathering. You're going somewhere else in the room to be away from them. You understand what I'm talking about? So you're not moved by their enthusiasm. And if anything, in your mind you're thinking, God, if you're that real, then why aren't you doing something in my life? God, if you're that real, why didn't you do this? Or why did you allow that to happen? Look, I understand that. I have family members. I have, a, I have a grandmother I love. She's 90. She's going to be 90 this year. She doesn't know Jesus. And I, I remember times when I tried to share Jesus with her. She lived through the Nazi regime in Germany, the fall of Germany, seen relatives, seen friends go to concentration camps and everything. And here's what she says to me. She says, how can you ask me to believe in someone who allows that to happen? Skepticism is normal, folks. Skepticism is normal. So the question is, is are you skeptical? You've got to be honest with yourself. You know what? You may have been going to church for the longest time. But it's that secret thing that's in the back of your mind that you wrestle with. Are you skeptical? Here's the second thing I want you to see. Turn your skepticism into a quest. Turn your skepticism into a quest. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, Thomas wasn't on a quest here. I mean, he uttered it. He said, you know what, unless I see him, unless I touch him, unless I feel it, I'm not going to believe. 
And I'm going to be honest with you, he wasn't on the quest here. The passage doesn't say that he started looking for the proof. But Jesus came on his own and talked to him. Here's what I want you to do. If you're skeptical here this morning and you really wonder, you, you know, in your heart of hearts, you've got questions, you've just got some doubts, but in your heart of hearts, in the sincerity of your heart, you really want to know he's real? Like, if he's really real, I do want to know it, but... You know what? I got to see something. You know what? Don't just be skeptical. Turn it into a quest. It's like, okay, if you're that real, I'm going to find you. You better come to me. You know what the wonderful thing is? Is that I take from a passage like this is that he will be found by you. He will reveal himself to you. But so you've got to move your skepticism and your doubt over to the place where you begin to search for the truth. And here's the reality, folks. It's the truth that sets you free. So here you are. You're here this morning. We're going to celebrate Easter. You're going to go gather in your family gatherings. You're going to have ham. Drink lots of fluids because of all the salt in it. And that's the wonderful thing about Easter, and the Easter egg hunts, and the chocolates, and the Cadbury eggs. In fact, you're thinking about Walmart tomorrow when it's all half off, or 75. The ladies know what I'm talking about. Guys have no clue. You've got to be a chocolate lover to know what I'm talking about, right? And that, that's Easter. Wow. But when it comes to the issue of Jesus, you're skeptical. Turn it into a quest. If you truly seek Him, if you truly seek Him, He will be found by you. He will reveal Himself to you. How can you say that, George? He made a special trip for Thomas. And he cares as much about you as he does Thomas. Isn't that an awesome thought? Which brings me to my final point, and here's what I want you to see. Embrace him. Embrace Jesus. He is who he says he is. It happened. The tomb was empty. Nobody took his body. He didn't just wake up. Friends, he was raised from the dead. And he lives. And one day he's coming back. And he wants to be a part of your life. Right now. And yeah, you might be skeptical. And yeah, you might be wrestling with doubts. And yeah, you're unsure. And yeah, life's been tough and you wish that he had done some things. And maybe you're even disappointed. But he wants to be a part of your life. So embrace it. Embrace the risen Jesus. 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.